Wisdom Podcast. My name is Holly Weaver, and I'm the owner and operator of Rosebud Wellness, where I practice women's holistic health, utilizing acupuncture, Chinese herbalism, yoni steaming, and Arvigo abdominal massage. And I'm also a new mama. This podcast will be part information on women's holistic health practices that I use in my practice, and part conversations with women who are mothers or hope to be mothers on their journey through menstruation, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and motherhood. Please enjoy. Thanks so much for listening. This episode is brought to you in part by the Rosebud Wellness Shop. You can find us over at rosebudwellness.com shop. On the shop, you'll find six different Yoni Steam herb blends for a variety of different conditions. You can read specifically about all of the ingredients that are in the herbal blends, what you would use them for, and some specifics about the days of your cycle that you would use the herbs. There's also a video for an at-home steaming guide so that you can feel confident that you know what you're doing before you embark on this journey. But if you also don't feel so comfortable just starting on your own, you can also sign up for a consult with me, which is also available at the shop. So go ahead and check out rosebudwellness.com shop. Hello, friends, and welcome back. I am bringing you an episode today with a good friend of mine and a colleague. She is an acupuncturist, herbalist, and a functional medicine doctor and her name is Dr. Amanda Cohen, and she is the owner of SourcePoint Wellness, which is located in Los Angeles. It's great to talk with her. She is currently um, nearing the end of her first pregnancy, so great just to check in with her about what that experience has been like. Um, We also touch on some period irregularities and pain and issues she had throughout her life and how acupuncture and Chinese herbs was helpful for her, as well as some diet and lifestyle shifts that she made. Um, She also has an experience, which we have not talked about on the podcast yet, um, with vulvodynia, which means pain in the vulva. And she actually never really identified exactly what was causing it, but when she made some shifts to her lifestyle um, and kind of started enjoying better health overall, the vulvodynia subsided. So um, please enjoy this conversation with Amanda. And I also wanted to mention that if you purchase any herbs from the Rosebud Wellness shop that we have up now, please use the the coupon code to get 10% off your first order. The code is WOMB, W-O-M-B. And yeah, you can use that for your first order. And I would love to hear your experience with the herbs if you decide to purchase them. And I also wanted to mention, um, I haven't mentioned this yet on the podcast, I've just kind of manually been inviting people and some people have kind of just randomly found on Facebook, we also have the Womb Wisdom community. Um, So it's a private group, I have, um, I can only accept people, nobody can get in unless I personally accept them. Um, So it's a great space to be able to share about anything that you'd like to share about. Uh, Mostly I've just been sharing the podcast episodes there and everybody's been kind of quiet. Um, But eventually my vision is to ask some more questions and kind of have it be a little bit more engaging. So if you'd like to join us over there, it's Womb Wisdom Community on Facebook. All right. So please enjoy this episode with Amanda. All right, welcome back everybody to the Womb Wisdom Podcast. I am very excited to be here today with my friend and colleague, Dr. Amanda Cohen. She is an acupuncturist, herbalist, and a functional medicine doctor. And she's also currently 32 weeks pregnant with her first child. So welcome, Amanda. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. Oh, great to have you. We've been friends for a long time. Yeah, we went to uh, Sri Lanka together. That's where our friendship kind of started to blossom Yeah, um, for an acupuncture trip 
uh, with One World Health Project, which I don't even know if it's a thing anymore, but. I, I don't know, but we taught people how to do acupuncture there and that was pretty cool. Yeah, auricular acupuncture. We were doing uh, the NADA protocol, if anybody's yeah. interested, but. Back, back in 2012. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and we, uh, we were, we studied for the boards together. We were very yeah, we did. Yes. Best study buddy ever. Yeah. We, we aced it the first time. So. We sure did. And yeah, we stayed, uh, I think in a room together or maybe it was just our other. Uh, yeah. You stayed with Yetta. Yetta. Yeah. yeah. But we went yeah. to Long Beach and took the California acupuncture board at the same time. Yep. Good times. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, and now um, you're pregnant and I have my little one times yes. for sure. Yes. Um, so to start out, I love to talk with women about their experience of their period. Um, so if you could just kind of give us an overview of what periods were like for you when you got your first period, if there was any irregularities, lots of pain, any other symptoms around menstruation for you, or it could also be like any emotional relationship that you had with being a menstruating person. Yeah. So I just remember it was like, Want, wanting my period so bad, like just being like, I think I used to wear pads in anticipation, like, oh, maybe I'll get my period. Cause it just seemed like, like just like a rite of passage. Um, and so I got it when I was 12 and my mom actually got me like a little tiny gold ring with like a tiny little diamond. This is like a celebration of like, you're a woman now. And so she was really supportive. And I think just like entering that phase, having someone celebrate that um, was, was really awesome. Um, the norm, I have two older sisters. So the norm in our family was intense period cramps. Like period was like a situation, you know, it was painful and heavy. And so I always thought that was normal because my periods were like that as well. Um, and I had, a, you know, the acne and, and, um, you know, I, I always had to take like Motrin and, um, just very heavy bleeding and, and, um, but I just thought that was normal, you know, probably over eight days. And, um, let's see, I started, I think when I went to, I, I was, I became sexually active at 18, 17, 18. So I started the pill. Um, and it just wasn't a good match for me. I think that emotionally I felt really anxious and I also would have breakthrough bleeding. So it, just like, I would just kind of have my period all the time. And so that, um, which I did for a long time and, you know, the doctors were like, oh, that's normal. So I think I was probably pretty anemic at that point when I was in college. Um, and I tried things like the ring. I remember like putting the ring in and then like becoming like a demon, like, ah, get this thing out. Like I felt like it like instantly affected my hormones. So, um, I just, I think, probably by the end of college, I switched to just using condoms and have been just since then. Um, and that's been fine. Um, and, but I think that like, in terms of the experience of my period, it had always been in my, you know, teen years and through my twenties, just like painful. And I would always get horrible PMS. Like I'd want to break up with whatever boyfriend I was with and almost to the point, like feeling like, like, just rageful. Um, and I just, again, I just thought that was normal because so many of my, I, I had, you know, I was in school from, I graduated high school in 99 and was in school straight since until 2016. So I was just a constantly in school and around other students that were like stressed out and depleted. And, and that just was the norm. Right. But I didn't realize that wasn't the norm. <laughs> um, and then I also, um, had a lot of chronic vaginal um, issues as well um, throughout my 20s, like teens, 20s, and early to mid 30s. So I don't know if you want me to mention those things because I. Well, I'm curious to know if in going through acupuncture school, is that kind of when you learned that having yes. horrible period pain and these emotional rage? Yes. PMS attacks was not normal. Yes. Yeah. So felt... Yeah. Was acupuncture or taking Chinese herbs or even any functional medicine, if that's something that you found? Yeah. Later? 
Yeah. So it's definitely in layers. So like, I think that when I started acupuncture school, I think I started like 27, 28. Um, I realized like how tied Chinese medicine is into the cycle and like regulating the cycle and how important it is. And so I did start getting treated through acupuncture regularly. Um, I started taking herbs and it did help a lot, but I think that there was a lot of also issues of like, um, like diet mm-hmm. and just eating like a diet really, you know, um, an inflammatory diet. Like, I think that my diet was pretty, you know, lots of sugar and lots of, um, gluten and dairy. And I just was like constantly fatigued. And I think that, um, just being in an inflamed state, even doing the Chinese herbs was helpful, but I think that I had to look at like the whole picture. Right. So like, like what am I putting in my body? Like, am I moving my body? Like fitness, like they were just things that, you know, I was commuting an hour each way to school. So I felt like I was just in a depleted stagnant, um, place and just my fuel wasn't very good. So I think that the acupuncture and Chinese herbs like helped a bunch, but I felt like I needed to do my part. And it wasn't until I did my part that I really felt like I got a handle on the, almost like the, the, the PMS and the emotional side of it, because I've struggled with, um, anxiety my whole life. So I think that, um, those things, of course, like your hormones and your gut and like not moving very much and eating inflammatory foods, like absolutely affect your hormones. So I kind of towards my mid late thirties, cause I'm 40 now. Um, that's when I really made that a primary focus and that's like everything really, really evened out for me. So, and then if yeah. you wanted to bring in the vulvodynia, um, yeah. and actually you can talk about the trajectory of that too. Like you know, I imagine that in the beginning, when you first were having symptoms, you didn't have a name for it. So if you want to, or maybe you did, I don't know, but, um, no, it's very rare. So, um, I had what's called vulvodynia, which is like chronic, basically vulvar irritation. Some people have where sex is painful. I didn't have that, but I basically felt like I had a yeast infection all the time. Um, and it was like burning and painful, um, all the time, but like nothing was ever wrong. Like I would go to the, um, you know, it, it was, it got really bad in college, but like, I would just go to like the health place, um, the student health center, and they would just keep putting me on antibiotics and antifungals. And I think it just really, so much of my practice now is like, um, focusing from like the Chinese medicine, the functional medicine perspective of like optimizing your gut and your microbiome. And I was just on antibiotics all the time. And, um, it just really, threw off my vaginal flora. And so, you know, and I was eating sugar all the time. Like I was eating bagels and cookies and like, you know, like that was just coffee coffee, coffee's fine, you know, but it was just like, I feel like this typical college student diet. So I was just like in a place of just constant irritation, constant pain. It was like, it's like, like basically having like poison Oak down there. And it lasted for like 10 years. And so people didn't talk about it. Um, I had, I had, um, people that got uh, uh, OBGYNs, gynecologists, like they would just say, Oh, you're just anxious. Like go on an antidepressant or like, there's nothing wrong with you. It's in your head, like meditate more. I was like, no, there's something going on. And it wasn't until I did a stool test in my early thirties that it was that it's not something they could culture out through like a vaginal culture, but they could get it because your gut goes through your vaginal and your, uh, like, and your uh, urological health. And so it was a type of yeast that doesn't come up in cultures, uh, vaginal cultures, but comes up in stool cultures. So once that was treated, it went away. But how did you treat that? Um, there's, there's like uh, a couple products that are really good for that. Um, so, uh, which I could mention, but I think it's like everyone's journey is different, but there's this really good one by Thorne, um, called SF722. Great name. Um, that, that really helps, but, but, um, there's, a, there, there's, you know, basically how it works with stool tests is like, and I do that like hundreds of them a year, um, is they grow it out. So they see like what it is and what actually like natural thing treats it like oregano, versi, garlic, you know, um, but it also, I had, I think I had a lot of, um, ancestral trauma. There's been a lot of abuse in my family, not in like 
our my immediate family, but like generations of sexual abuse. And so I think the whole pelvic area was very closed off. And so um, I had to do a lot of pelvic floor work. So I worked with um, the pelvic floor physical therapist and really did a lot of deep therapy to kind of uh, move the trauma out of my body that I was carrying that wasn't even mine. So I had, I mean, I got pregnant at 39, but I had spent probably like 15 years, um, not to say it takes that long, obviously, um, but just almost prepping my womb to just be free of like a lot of stuff that's like, was I was carrying. So I think like for me, yeah, there was like, there was like pelvic floor um, dysregulation, meaning that I was so, I was like locked up chastity belt. And when your muscles are in that like tone, like super locked up, then it makes the nerves fire like all the time. And so that's like, was the burning and the irritation, learning how to like, you work on the pelvic floor, getting that more stable and, um, soft and then, um, treating the other type of yeast that didn't come out <laughs> thing, um, dealing with like underlying issues. And so that's why I feel like I do so much women's health in my practice, but it's like, not just like, Oh, let's see what grows out and treat. It's like, it's so, it's so multifaceted. So, um, but I also was diagnosed with PCOS, um, in my twenties. And I also had polyps, um, in my uterus. I had, yeah, I, I had like all the things, uh, I don't, I don't think I have endometriosis, but I think that there's been so much that I've cleared up, especially with Chinese herbs and just like really, really like great self-care and really like I work out every day. I eat an anti-inflammatory diet. Like I love my job, like I love my relationship. You know, I just like made a lot of life choices that, um, I think had really prepared my little house for this gentleman that's coming in October to be like a really safe, cozy place and not a place of like pain and contraction, mm -hmm. but more like cozy nest of like, like a welcoming area. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that's the thing is like, I think that a lot of people they're like, Oh, I was diagnosed with PCOS. I'm going to, um, you know, have trouble getting pregnant or I have uterine polyps and, and fibroids and I need to get surgery. It's like a lot of these things, like, well, maybe, you know, but also I've had a lot of success with like, I'm sure you have too, with like Chinese herbs are very powerful for like polyps and fibroids and, um, you know, treating the whole person, getting to root causes. So I think I just had a really great support team to help me through it. So I don't think it, it does take people like 10 years to get over these things. It just like, it took me a while to find the right team to help yeah. me. Through that. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm curious to know what, where did the PCOS diagnosis come from? Did did they uh, think you have it? Well, I still kind of wonder, my periods were always regular. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I feel like I, I don't have a lot of body hair, but I have like thick hairs on like my upper legs. Sometimes I'm like, oh, like witchy or like this one <laughs> hair under my chin, like a witchy thing. Um, but like typical, like PCOS, it's like you have acne and like, like miss periods and like tend to have like a little more hair everywhere and like, um, tend to put on weight easily. And like, I, I didn't fully feel the thing, but I saw my, um, ultrasound and I saw the cysts, you know, I saw them, but I, you know, I, yeah, but I never had the irregular. I didn't have, like, I think PCOS is a spectrum. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, like, you know, you could still have it, but not have like all the symptoms. And I think that it's talked about a lot more, but I think just from the functional medicine perspective, it's really about regulating blood sugar. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that, um, when your blood sugar gets too low, uh, especially low blood sugar, it's like, it affects your, um, progesterone production and that throws off your estrogen and estrogen tends to like um, build. So like more tissue builds and stuff. And so, you know, that, so you have to kind of address, like if people with PCOS, like I did a ton of, I worked with naturopath before I became a functional medicine doctor. I, I was studying it and working with people. So I really understood like every person's journey is different, but it's like helpful to look at labs and integrate Chinese medicine and look at it from both angles. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've had, I had remember this doctor in college was like, oh, 
your uterus is um, tilted, you won't be able to hold your babies in. Like this terrible experience, I had very mean um, doctors throughout my life, throughout being in pain. And so now I'm just like, I, because I've had so many things, I know what it feels like. I'm just like, so, oh my gosh, like it doesn't mean you can't get pregnant or like carry a baby or like be in pain all the time. There's like so many ways to find solutions, but everyone's different, you know? Yeah. I mean, having a tilted uterus is very normal. Totally. <laughs> so that's totally, totally. Great. But and like, I, unfortunately can really relate to, um, feeling really dismissed by oh. doctors. And I don't mean to demonize anybody, no. but I've, I've been, I mostly had what I have self-diagnosed as vaginismus. So it yeah. was painful sex painful or sex, like putting yeah. in a tampon or like anything, yeah. um, was really painful. And the first doctor that I went to go see about that, I, I remember it was my first or second year of college. So I was like 18 or something. Yeah. And he told me that I just needed to relax. And people have told me I need to like drink alcohol or like smoke pot or, and it's just, it, yeah, it's really very harmful for a woman's psyche yes. to make it seem like, I mean, I do think that they're for me, um, and maybe for you too, like there was like a stress anxiety component, but to dismiss it as like, if you could just relax, um, yeah, just kind of is missing, <laughs> missing oh, mark it's a little terrible. bit. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, it isn't, I think like, especially when you're so young, you know, and yeah. you're really getting into sexuality. I think people are getting into sexuality a lot earlier than like college, uh, but for me, that was kind of like end of high school. Um, but I still remember like someone saying, you just have a hot vagina. I just have to deal with it. And I'm like, or your baby's going to fall out or like, you need to relax, do yoga. And it's like, 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 I think the words that we like as physicians, like it's so important to like validate people's needs. And so because I grew up in LA, all the doctors, cause I do refer to MDs a lot, like are like the kindest like they're great doctors, but they also have the best bad bedside manner because people are freaking traumatized. That's why I say, like, I think I love all medicine. I love Western medicine. I love Eastern medicine. I love functional medicine, naturopathic medicine, homeopathy. I, I think it's all amazing, but you could have really shitty. Well, pardon me. Like you could have really um, crappy acupuncturists or even energy healers that like, it doesn't matter. It's like just knowing, I think I'm really big on like, who's your team? Who are the great people that I know? Like I'm referring one of my patients to this dermatologist. They're going to get excellent care and feel like validated or this psychiatrist or whatever, you know? Um, so, but I think a lot, there has been historically a lot of trauma around going to the gynecologist. And I actually, um, I can speak to this picking my OB. If you want to talk about that? Um, because I was very traumatized uh, again. Um, and also this is like, just all mentioned my previous, uh, actually helped me a ton with the vulvaginia. My previous gynecologist is actually, um, got, um, under like major lawsuit for sexual abuse of his patients. So there was like stuff that came up about that. Um, so I've always had issues with like that, like, who's the person that I'm going to trust? Cause there's just been a lot of issues. So just kind of working through that. Yeah. There's this big, huge UCLA lawsuit against him. Um, so getting pregnant was a, like, I had a lot of memories come up about my experience with him and then all the stuff that came up. So I felt very much like I got pulled into, cause I actually saw an OB that was very triggering for me. Um, and I can, I can talk about that. And it made me so passionate about like, who's my birth team, you know, how, how is this going to go? And like, what's important. And like, so I can talk about that if you want, like just figuring out like well, what for, you want. I definitely want to hear about that. Yeah. And just to like go in order. So I don't forget anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. If you, I mean, we talked a little bit in the pre-chat about your, your getting pregnant. Um, and it sounds to me like it was pretty straightforward and you were able to conceive pretty quickly. Yes. Yeah. How, however, I will say this, my typical lifestyle is I was prepping for this for, for years in the sense that 
because my pelvic floor for, you know, 15 years was an area of stress for me. Um, I still had sex and I, I, all of that stuff, but it felt very locked. And so I had spent, um, I don't know, the past five years, five, six years, like really like I get acupuncture, acupuncture regularly. I get energy work. I get, um, I get massages every week because I own a wellness center. So we trade. It's amazing. My friend Marisol's like incredibly great. Um, did you see her? Did you see Marisol? Did you meet her? I met her. I'm pretty sure. I I think, um, Um, sometime when I was around there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I make my own hours. I, you know, I work usually three days a week seeing patients. I work out almost every day. I still do. Um, and you know, modify some things, but like I, I lift weights. Um, I hike, uh, now it's getting a little challenging. It's hot. So we just go for neighborhood walks, but like, I don't eat gluten. I don't eat dairy. I don't eat a lot of processed sugar. Um, I like, I just feel like I, I love food. I eat well, but I just feel like I really look at, at food as medicine. Of course I do love French fries. I do love hamburgers, but I always I like gluten-free, no cheese. Like I, um, I believe like the 80, 20 rule, like 80%, like eating anti-inflammatory and 20% for your soul. Um, and I, you know, I've been taking, um, Chinese herbs. There's a formula that I created as a combination of a couple formulas. It's like, uh, I call it radiance formula and it's just like boost your blood and your energy and your adrenals. And it's like, I've been taking it my entire pregnancy. I've been taking it for like five years and I just feel like so good. Um, I, because I, I, do functional medicine. I, I run my labs. <laughs> I see like, am I anemic? Do I need more iron? How's my magnesium? Like, am I fighting off an infection? How's my vitamin D? You know, like just kind of like doing little check-ins. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that I do make priority now. I, I am very type A, but it, now a priority to like really, even before I got pregnant, just like really value like my off time and like spending time with my husband and my family and my friends just, I love just like my cats and like reading. And so I've really slowed down my like pace a little bit to make room. Um, and so we, yeah, so we were using condoms and then we just stopped, um, the end of 2020. And then I got pregnant. Um, I was like, I think I'm ovulating. Cause you can tell like with the difference in your cervical mucus, I was like, Oh, I'll just like, happened to be, I was like, Oh, let's try. And then I, I got, it was like the weirdest thing. Cause I felt, I remember, um, after we had sex, like the, I got up in the middle of the night to just go pee. Cause I always do. And we drink a lot of water. And I felt like so grounded. I felt like, like, I don't know if you work with a crystal hematite, but like, I just felt like, like so rooted in the earth, like my energy field just like shifted. I was like, Whoa, something's different, you know? Um, but I, I felt like, yes, we did get, uh, we did conceive fairly easy, but I think that I was kind of prepping for a long time. And I also like, I've been in therapy, like, you know, like I, I feel like there was just a lot of infusion of taking care of all parts of myself. And, you know, I, I do pottery, like I, I, you know, just kind of like, getting more in that, um, mother archetype in the sense that creation. So like I doing more art and, um, and then, um, taking my practice, like I I see patients and run a wellness center, but I also am teaching a new modality that combines acupuncture with Reiki. So you're able to do acupuncture from a distance and like help people with like headaches and migraines and anxiety from, from anywhere in the world. So I, I launched that. <laughs> um, so I actually started when I was already pregnant, like we started, I started teaching when I was already pregnant. So I think getting into stepping into that, like creation mode, sort of, it just, I just felt like it was like all parts of me were like ready to kind of bring something into it, existence. Um, but I really worked on my mental health a lot. Cause I have had issues with anxiety, um, my whole life. And so just really prioritizing that really prioritizing taking care of myself so that I could be really present for the babe to be. (laughs) So, I mean, I love what you're saying because I do feel like, especially because I work a lot with fertility, it can be kind of like compartmentalized 
you know, yeah. like I, this is my having a baby appointment, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I want to have a baby appointment or something. And it really does the desire to have a baby. There can be a lot of prep work involved. And I feel similarly, I, my pregnancy was in the realm of like an accidental <laughs> uh, pregnancy, but I do think that there were so much that I was doing for my overall health and my womb in yeah. particular and creativity and just like getting into the type of woman that I really wanted to be, yes. which did fit with the mother archetype as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that really just is why it happened sort of organically. And this is not to say like, if you're having challenges, it's your fault or anything like oh, that. Oh no, um, not at all. But just that it is this sort of like lifestyle, mental health, all encompassing shift. And it's not just like this one aspect of your hormones and your uterus. Um, right. It's bigger than that. So yeah. one thing I'm, I'm curious about, do you work a lot with fertility in your clinic? Yeah. So I'm curious to know how that went with like sharing with your, your patients. Did you feel kind of apprehensive about that? Did you wait a long time? Um, such a good question. Um, I also want to say just to note for the last thing you said, it doesn't mean you need to do all that to get pregnant either. Like, right. So, um, I just spent most of my life being disconnected from my body. So it was, so I think that because of the work that I chose, it allowed me to really, in my own history, allowed me to really like figure out what I felt like I had to accomplish as a soul before I brought another soul in. But like, it doesn't mean it's going to take anyone that long or, you know, but everyone's journey is so different. And that's why like when I do fertility work, I also do functional medicine to make sure like what else is going on too, but also treat like the emotional, the spiritual um, Chinese medicine perspective. So um, yeah. So it, I would like to say that I, I, so I just kept my clinic open entire pandemic. I'm in Los Angeles and because people still had pain and I took all the precautions. I'm so fortunate that I have rooms that have doors that open to the outside and windows and lots of fresh air and, you know, doing, doing everything, um, to take those precautions. Um, when I got pregnant, um, I, I had a ton of anxiety. Like I could, like the, just the hormones and everything. It was just really challenging. Um, so I, I, I work with a, a prenatal, uh, psychiatrist. She helped me kind of get to a point where, cause I'm like, I'm so, I'm so like, do what you need to do to feel good. And like, I feel, I feel great. Um, so she really helped me too. So I just want to say like, like, like love me, the Western doctors that are, um, really kind and can help. And, um, so she helped me with that. And then from week six on, um, I don't want to like stress everyone out, but I, uh, I still throw up every day. Like I still have nausea. Um, and so it was really challenging because I didn't really look pregnant, but I was, you know, wearing a mask and on my feet working like eight to 10 hours a day, seeing patients, but like so nauseous, so worried that like, um, I, I mean, I'm just being completely candid. Like, so for me, um, every time I throw up and still, it's so much better. Cause I worked with a wonderful, we can put it, if you want to put in the notes, she does virtual work to strength, to help not, not kegels, but strengthen around the pelvic floor, because every time I vomit, I'd pee myself. Mm-hmm. So it was like, not just like, Oh, I'm going to vomit. It was like, it was like a situation. Yeah. So, and I was like, Oh my God, I feel like I back in school, like you would like change your clothes, like for like, <laughs> toddler like I felt like that was very humbling and um I worked uh with this woman Carly Tracy who's amazing who like just really really helped me and she does a lot of work with women who are pregnant and postpartum about um bladder prolapse bladder issues so um so it's really hard because I was just nauseous all the time and like so worried I was gonna throw up during um the office and it's like you know, I was making, it's just, it was really hard. So I didn't tell anyone for a bit, but I also felt that, you know, because I do have some patients that I do have for fertility that are in that process of wanting to get pregnant. And I was just like, I didn't even post very much on, I still have it on, on social media because I know there's so many people that 
um, their journey to get pregnant is taking a longer time than they would hope. So I just didn't want to like flaunt it. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't talk about it for a while. Um, probably, I think I waited till like end of my first trimester, maybe to say anything. Um, and now it's like, you can't, I mean, you can't hide it. Um, <laughs> um, but I did feel like conscientious of not like, like I'm pregnant, shout out from the rooftops. Like I just didn't, I also felt it was like, it's like me and Dave's journey. So yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, when I, I was pregnant and also moving away from LA. So I was telling I my patients like I'm pregnant and I'm also moving away. Yeah. Um, yeah. which was, that was a really, really emotional time. Yeah. Um, so I, I was just curious to hear your experience of that too. It sounds similar, you know, like you don't want to, you're really overjoyed, but also don't want to flaunt it and maybe make somebody feel kind of frustrated with their own body. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So it was just kind of that plus like, you know, I was struggling with a lot of anxiety and I also, it wasn't sleeping very much and I was nauseous and I took one day off. Like that is all I've taken off. Like, I know, I mean, I don't work every day, but like I had, that was like, there was like one day that I had to cancel people because I was just throwing up all day. Mm. Um, so I think that um, now, you know, I think they enjoy seeing my stomach get bigger and, you know, I'm like so casual with people. I'm like, like if I sneeze, I'm like, whoop, I just peed myself. I'll be right back. Like, I, I don't care. Cause I feel like it's like, let's just be honest. Right. There's like a humbling experience, like not just when you're pregnant, but like in life, like if you can't joke about it, um, it's like, you know, and I know like, it's just, it's just the way it is right now. But like, I think that, um, they've all been super supportive and, um, even I just decided recently, um, cause I'm getting a little tired, even though my Chinese herbs are keeping me in my self-care, like, you know, I gained 20 pounds. Like I feel it. Um, I stopped, I only see patients twice a week now and that's both virtual and in person because <clears throat> I'm also teaching a course and I just feel like I need more time just to rest and they're totally supportive. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, um, and now I want to go back to what you were kind of getting into before about how you found your team. And if you would like to talk about your experience, um, in whatever capacity feels comfortable, um, with sure. CLA place and the lawsuit or anything yeah. like that, um, if you want to talk about it, I'd love to hear yeah, it. Yeah, No, I think that, um, I'm happy to talk about it. I think that just like with my history of vulvodynia being dismissed and feeling alone and unheard and validated, um, this doctor, um, I found him years ago because I did have like precancerous polyps and a lot of things. And he, he, uh, specialized in, um, more high, like high, like more, um, serious gynecological issues. And, um, but there were some experiences that I left there feeling weird and I just kind of like bottled it up. And then when the whole lawsuit came out, uh, was I pregnant at the time? I, yeah, I think I just recently got pregnant. He's not an OB, but I, it, all this stuff came out, all, all these articles, all these people coming forward. I had to write a statement. Like it was very triggering. And at the same time, I really, I live in um, Los Feliz, which is East LA. And there's a, there's a OB that I love that's on the West side. And I was like, I don't want to drive to the West side and I'm pregnant, da, da, da. but I love him. His name is Jason Moffart. He's my OB now, but, um, he's just so wonderful. Like, he's just like, a, like, uh, I, I just, anyone who wants to do a hospital birth in LA, I think he's incredible. Anywho. So I was checking out, um, I checked out, um, an OB in Burbank just cause it was closer and um just she was just really cold like really she was very against me being on medication and wanting me to get off of it and I was like well I just started I feel so much better I wasn't able to sleep and now I can and she's like yeah you know um you have to get off of that I don't I don't agree with that and she came into the room and she's like okay so why are you here not like oh you're pregnant you know it was just like very cold um 
And I was saying, you know, I'm throwing up several times a day and I feel like it's really hard for me to function. And um, she was like, oh, I'll write you a prescription for this. I'm like, oh, I heard this one like is really helpful. So she, anyway, suffice to say, it, whatever she wrote didn't work. And so I called in and um, like after hours, cause I was like, I can't stop throwing up. Like I need help. And she just basically like shamed me and made me feel like I was like, she's like, you're just going to have to deal with it. This is part of being pregnant. I was like, I can't function. I can't hold a meal down. Like I need, I need some help. Like I was doing the ginger. I was doing like all the points on myself. It was just like, this baby's so happy. Like he was just like, yay, I'm going to send all your energy up and out through your throat. Um, so, but like, I really like, but I also, it was the experience of just like rekindling all of these things about, um, they came up with the, uh, the sexual abuse with the previous OB and all the, the cases coming out and then being treated like I used to be treated when I had vulvodynia, which I don't have anymore. I feel great down there just by the way. So anyone who has it, like, like there's hope. Um, and, uh, I decided to go back to the OB. I really like, and just drive to the West side. And I just love him. Like, I look forward to seeing him. He's so happy and excited. Um, and I am doing a hospital birth. So, um, just because I feel more comfortable doing that, just being 40 and just, I don't know, I just felt good about that. And so, um, we, uh, we work with a doula. So this doula was highly recommended by several of my friends. She's amazing. Her name's Carmen and she's, she's been doing it for 30 years and been teaching. She's really big on the daddy doulas. So teaching the dads how to be doulas as well. So she knows every, all the nurses at Cedars. She knows my doctor. Um, so I felt like with him, Dr. Rothbart and with Carmen, um, and if you need the information of these people, just let me know. Um, I felt really good. And then it was about um, figuring out, I, I, I'm encapsulating my placenta. So I have another doula who does that, um, who incidentally um, has been to my office before. I, I didn't know. She saw one of my other colleagues. And um, so she's going to encapsulate my placenta. And then thinking about postpartum, you know, and we, um, really just asking for help and not feeling alone. Cause I think so much of my journey has been like, I'm alone, especially in the middle of the night, like, oh gosh, like, and, and just, and, and I think the right at the beginning of my pregnancy, when I had the re the re-triggering of the stuff with that doctor at UCLA and then the, the mean <laughs> OB um, in Burbank that I was just like, oh my God, like this is my chance to like really, really figure out what I need to feel supported. So, um, and even choosing a doula that wants to really incorporate Dave feels really good. And then, um, I found a postpartum doula that's going to help the first few weeks in the nighttime so that, you know, when I'm breastfeeding and everything, um, there's another person there just to be help, help, helping. Um, yeah. And so, and we also, I serendipitously found this wonderful mom's group for people in Los Feliz, um, super kind who had, I was just a resource to this asking like questions, like what's the best this, what's the best that. And I saw someone post about, oh, we're looking for, cause I plan to go back to work, you know, um, not right away, but I, I would like, I plan to go back to work cause I love my job and, you know, um, even just two days a week. So, uh, someone was posting about a nanny who was looking for two days a week in like October, November. I was like, oh, so I met her and hired her. So it's like, just kind of setting up my team. So I'm going into this and then my family's really supportive and stuff. And I'm very lucky because of just like, I do have, um, the, the means to be able to, to, and the help to, to set this up. And I know this is not like a normal thing, but, um, I did set it up where I felt like each person that I'm going to be working with doesn't mean you need all these things, but I just felt like I needed that. Like, I felt like, I've always felt so like nervous and I was terrified when I first got pregnant and I like just all, like, I was just have like just my whole background of going back to, uh, to gynecologists and being dismissed. Like I was like, I need a really solid team. Like the number one thing is to like be calm and happy. And, and because he feels that right. 
oh, my, my son. Um, so I feel like, I feel like just really good besides throwing up every day, <laughs> um, which I don't even mind anymore. It's like, bleh, like, it's just like, it is what it is. Um, but it makes a difference, you know, if, if you feel more relaxed and I don't feel, I feel excited to meet him and excited about, you know, having that support. Yeah. You are so on top of things of getting everything in place. Um, well, there's my type your, A during but your it, pregnancy. That's great. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's like, I'm type A, but like chill type A. So it's like, I get stuff done, but I enjoy the process. That's um, great. So, uh, so how long will the postpartum doula be helping you? Um, Do you have I like a specific think, schedule or is it kind of up in the air? I think for the first week we're going to do every night and then like a couple times a week for like a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, what is she going to do exactly? Um, so just things like, I think, you know, a lot of the stuff is a lot of my issues of anxiety come up at night, like in the middle of the night. And so I don't, it's not even like, oh, I just want someone there so I can sleep because I am happy to get up to feed him. Like, that's not a problem, but it's like, like Dave, if I'm like, I could just see like another trajectory where like I'm up and alone, well, not alone because I have my son, but like feeding and he's not latching. And, and I try to like wake up Dave and he's like, oh, sorry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just like, he's so loving and supportive, but in the middle of the night, he's just like, not like, I just want someone there, honestly, to just like, just help teach me like, oh, he's making that noise. Like that means he needs this. And like, not just someone who's just going to like take the baby so I can sleep, but like actually teach me um, some things that, you know, she has three kids or so my postpartum doula has, I think three or four kids. My, my doula for birth has 12. What? Yeah. You go girl. Well, she has, she well, she has some adopted, but like, she is a mama. Wow. That is so, amazing. so, you know, and she's like, both of them have a ton of experience. So it's just like, cause my mom is, my mom's incredible, but like, she's not going to be there at night, you know, like, you know, like she's, she's really great in a, in a lot of ways, but she's not going to be up with me all night. Like this is someone that's like what she does. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's really great. I mean, having support, especially in the beginning, um, yeah. while you're kind of figuring it out, it's just, it's very overwhelming, um, in the beginning when you feel like you don't know what you're doing. So having somebody that's like mama vibes, mama vibes, yeah, total mama vibes. And like, like I said, like, I know I'm in a privileged place to be able to afford these things. And, you know, my family, um, is also like, you know, well, the babysit and stuff like stuff like that, but that's also the pressure. I actually like love working. Like I work long days and I see a lot of people, but I just like love my patients so much. So, I mean, I plan on working until probably about two weeks before he's due and I'll probably just do virtual telemedicine stuff. But like, I also feel like I am continuing to work at a like higher pace than maybe I'd want to, because I'm saving, you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to afford these things. Um, so yeah, so it's, you know, but I think that people will be fine not having these things, but I think like, like I just did a lot of research and I asked a lot of help to find, like, if these are things that people want to look into, um, especially if in the LA area, like, you know, like they can totally reach out to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, what else, um, yeah, what else have you been experiencing in your pregnancy that you want to share about? I can, we can go somewhere else too, but I, I just want um, to give you a space to share. If you like. I think like so much of my philosophy and like practice with my patients is like really tapping into your own intuition and like what you really need. And so um, I'm not reading a ton of books. Like I have a couple cause it like, but I think that there's a tendency to be like, I don't know. I haven't read everything like, you know, and people give you so much unsolicited advice. And I think there's just something about this higher knowing, like we've been doing this for, I don't know how long humans have been around, like million years. Like we actually know, like we're not telling our bodies to like do this, like it's doing it. And I think it's like, there is something that sometimes when you just clear out all the noise, like you really do know what to do. Like, even if you were 
by yourself raising a child, like you would still like, if, as long as you love them and, you know, give them attention and, and make them feel safe, like they're going to be fine. And so I think that, um, part of this thing, as I do have like a lot of books on my Kindle, I'm like, Oh, I should read that. And I'm like, you know what? You're fine. Like, like, but I also, also know, like I have a doula that's training us on the things that she's researched. Like, you know, she's been trained in hypnobirthing and Tibetan chants and, um, the, uh, uh, all the different breathing techniques. So we try out like which one's best. She makes me put my hands in ice for a minute. And oh, yeah. do things. Um, but it's like, I also trust like, okay, we invested in her and she's done the research. So I can just kind of like not feel like I have to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even if you didn't hire someone just being like, you can tend to get really overwhelmed. And I think like lean on your community. And I think even just finding there's different energies of different moms groups. I'm on two. And the one that's like the low feelless one that's smaller, it's like the most lovely people. Like I have gotten, oh, my advice is like, find a nice one. And like, people want, will give you stuff. Like people are getting rid of clothes, like all of Charlie, my son's clothes. Like he has the best outfits. And I met like such an awesome, um, parents that are like a block away. Um, that like, I, if I were a boy, I would dress like this, like, but I would take girls clothes. I don't care. You know, like I would take, but I just got a, I just picked up this amazing unicorn outfit for him. And like, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that, 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 um, having some sort of community, but if you don't like the energy of the community, find another one. Cause like, there's one that's like very different. Um, so I don't, I'm not on that one very much, but, um, yeah, like, like in terms of stuff, like you can get so much stuff for free. You can get your breast pump covered by insurance. Like there's just things that like, if I didn't ask around, um, that I would be paying a lot of money. And I think so much is like, like, just like lean on your community. Um, and I think I did this too, with starting my practice. Like I started my practice and started a doctoral program at the same time. And I asked all my people that were in the doctoral program, what bookkeeper do you like? What, what way, what, you know, like, like, I just feel like just asking, um, because you can do like, you can get so much support and it doesn't cost money. Um, and I think prioritizing your health and your mental health, um, it's more important than anything else, honestly. Like, it's okay if you're not like a quote unquote, like available friend, or like, I've also been like really choosy who I hang out with. I mean, there's COVID and everything, of course, like, you know, but like who I'm in, like making efforts to see or, you know, catch up with. Like, I think that it's become much more small, not over committing yourself. Um, taking, well, yeah. 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 I mean, I think that pregnancy is such a, um, like a classroom for learning about motherhood and that yeah. you're only going to have as much energy as you have. And then you really have to prioritize where you're going to use it. Um, yeah. yeah. And yeah, pregnancy is the beginning of it. And also in terms of making decisions, pregnancy is when you're first starting to make the decisions for your child and having all of this noise outside of you about what other people think is best or what other people think that you should do. Um, and just going with, I mean, I, yeah, I guess it's kind of cliche to say to go with your gut, but I mean, it really is true. I mean, I can go down such a rabbit hole sometimes of looking up like the best ways to do everything around raising a child, having a baby, all the things And probably I've wasted a lot of time and energy on trying to find like the perfect way. Um, And I think I've just recently come around to prioritizing mental health over like trying to have this perfect existence of like perfectly clean house and perfect. And, you know, like trying to also keep continue doing all of the things that I did before I became a mother and having my business and having this podcast. And yeah, I mean, the podcast is kind of was born sort of out of this desire to talk to other people and their experience of motherhood. And, and it, like we were saying before with around the vulvodynia, 
I think maybe we were talking about this in the pre-chat, but it sometimes is helpful just to hear other people have a similar experience to your own of just like, oh my God, you feel exhausted and like your house is disgusting and it makes you crazy too, but you just like are way too tired to do anything about it. Um, Yeah. Well, it's prioritizing your energy. And I think like one of my favorite sayings is like future Amanda will deal with it. Like, cause yeah. I know it will get done, but you know, like if you have the, if you, I'm like, Oh, I'm in a tidying up phase right now. Like I feel good about that. Or I know I gotta, I gotta put my feet up and like read a magazine or and it's kind of, of course it's going to be totally different when like, as far as I was aware, he, when he's come like, I like I hundred percent focus on him. You know, I am, but I think like, um, him and then me and then Dave. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, oh, no, my cats too. Cats and Dave are equal. So <laughs> we're our, our fur babies. Um, but I think that, um, there is one more thing I would like to talk about. And I think yeah. that, um, this is something I would like to share because I think that I always was afraid of getting pregnant that I would like lose myself and become like, you know, you hear people that they're just like, their bodies never went back and, you know, all their health problems started after they got pregnant. And so I use this opportunity, um, cause I do, I don't have a Peloton, but I do the Peloton like weight training workouts. I, I do the regular ones, <laughs> uh, not the prenatal because I know how to modify it. I've been lifting weights for a long time. Um, uh, not like, you know, not like, but just like, I like the feeling of feeling really strong. And I typically, even before I was pregnant, if I don't work out for a few days, I get neck pain, I get back low back pain. And so, um, I was doing a lot of, I I like a lot of the instructors, but I was doing this one, um, instructor, Robin, who she was, um, she did a lot of prenatal stuff, but she would, she kind of worked out her whole pregnancy and was teaching. And, um, I think she's probably overkill. Like she's probably like eats like probably like a hundred or 90, uh, 900 calories a day or something like that. And I'm not, I'm not into that. I, I love food, but, um, healthy. And then sometimes not so healthy, uh, but, but never gluten. Um, uh, just really using this opportunity to stay fit and healthy and strong. So I could be like strong for my son and experience this pregnancy where, um, yeah, like my feet hurt sometimes and my hips hurt sometimes, but I know if I didn't keep up that routine that I would be in a lot more pain um, and my energy would be a lot lower. And so I think it was, a I, I know, cause I, I mean, he's actually been, I've been attuned to Reiki several times, but um, because of my class that we are tuning people, um, my colleague, Jen, so he's actually been attuned to Reiki level one and two. So he's already like a little like little Reiki man and Reiki baby, but I, but he, I think he really like, I've heard, cause I've had a lot of readings and stuff that he really likes when I work out. Like, it's like, it's like mama, like mom and son, like workout. And so really going through this pregnancy, probably being more fit now than I ever have been. Cause I'm like, I'm going to be strong for my son, you know, like I'm going to carry him and like, enjoy it. And, um, has been great because it's like, it doesn't, I haven't lost, not to say that like, you know, that ha- it happens, right. Cause your priorities become the child and everything. But I think like really just keeping up on the self-care as much as possible and like staying strong, it's not, not about, it's not about the weight gain or weight loss or anything to me. It's like, just like being fit and feeling in a place of like in harmony with my body has made like a game changer. So I definitely recommend like, if you're someone that does work out, like work out safely, but like, don't let that slip up because it'll actually help you Um, and there's an amazing, um, pregnancy belt to holds up your stomach. I use that because, uh, I'm on my feet all day. So that's really good one. And if you want me to send you the link, but that's, yeah, yeah, that would be really good because it is really individualized, um, what sort of movement feels good to every woman. Yeah. And I think your doctor, obviously. Yeah. There's like so, so many variables that go into it. I mean, I loved walking and doing yoga and I continued doing that my normal yoga practice, like, so modified yeah. um, throughout, but that's just what felt good to me. I mean, if, yeah. if somebody's vomiting all the time and really yeah. weak, maybe for them, it would be better to put their feet up, but um, oh yeah, but yeah I, I love what you're saying about it not being about this sort of like 
image of your body, but it's the sense of your body feeling like strong and vital that you can then bring into your mothering is what your priority. Yeah. Like continuing that, of course, like resting Mm -hmm. after and like resting when you need to rest, like obviously. And I pushed it, you know, I like, definitely because my first and second trimester like I was vomiting several times a day where now it's just like once or twice but I would like be working out go vomit and then continue to work out and I think that uh, that was like a little too much because I can get that I can be on the the cusp of like workaholic uh you know overly pushing and so this has been my opportunity to instead of working out for 45 minutes like doing 20 minutes and then like a walk later in the day with my husband like just kind of doing it less, but, um, tuning into that, like just being like, okay, like, but I think, I don't know, it, it, it's taught me a lot, but I think like this idea of feeling strong and centered and making time for rest and really doing what feels good and trying to eliminate over committing to things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that everyone's experience is different. And so I definitely think like like working out is not on the cards for a lot of people. So I, I've been lucky because it's helped me, but I'm not, I'm, I'm everyone's different. So yeah. I don't want to say like you check with your doctor, obviously. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely I would love if you have any links to share about the, the providers we've talked about or any resources, okay. um, okay. you can just send those over to me. Okay. Um, and then for the listeners, if you can tell them where they can find you, um, your website, social media, yeah. especially because you work virtually, yep. um, people can work with you anywhere. Yeah. yeah, I can do acupuncture virtually um, and functional medicine. I can order labs anywhere in the US and Canada. Um, so yeah, I ship things out. So you don't have to be in LA to see me. Um, I'm probably going to limit my new patients in the next few months. I'll probably like probably stop taking new patients, um, September 1st. So, uh, but anyway, so my, my business website is sourcepointwellness.com. So S O U R C E P O I N T wellness.com. Um, and Instagram is at sourcepointwellness. And, um, I also have at Dr. Amanda Cohen, um, and, uh, we can also put my email in as well. That's the best way to reach me. Um, like for more quick, <laughs> it's uh, dr. Cohen at sourcepointwellness.com. And, uh, but yeah, like I think that um, I'm a pretty open book. So I think that, um, you know, I hope that just like hearing this, like just knowing like if you struggle with any of these health things and, you know, I'm just giving you hope because I actually feel pretty great. <laughs> um, so, but it's, but it's taken work to, to get that, you know, and a lot of time really being off as much as possible. So analog as I call it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think a lot of us that get into holistic health care, um, have some sort of personal journey that led us Oh, totally. And then totally. it just keeps going. How can I feel even better than I do right now? And then we get well, yeah. Oh, of course thing. you feel like, but of course you feel like shit sometimes, you know, I, I still get migraines sometimes. Like, but I also know like, oh, like I have the tools or I have this person, like, like, cause I all, I used to get migraines all the time. And, um, and now I just like, I get acupuncture weekly and I see, uh, with my friend Wade who works with me and I get massages and energy work there. So, and he gets energy work too. So, you know, I think, I think it is kind of, I mean, I'm lucky to own a wellness center that I have people there that, you know, we trade for our services. So, but I also just want to say like, you know, I did mention a lot of things that do require money, but I think that there's a lot of resources that, um, if you just like ask around like that you can get for a very reasonable cost so 
Yeah. And even um, with acupuncture in particular, because that's our common medicine. I mean, one acupuncture session, you can also, part of our job is to teach people about some lifestyle modifications that would be helpful for them, whether it's like diet or exercise or um, sleep hygiene. It really depends on what the, the thing is. But especially if I know that finances or time or a concern for somebody, I'm going to try to pack like as much as I can into that one session to make it so that that person can then go on and incorporate some of these things without having to, to pay for anything. It's just things that are available to you. Yeah. Um, And that's what makes like the way that we practice medicine is like, you know, um, not to be cheesy, but I feel like we do practice with our heart. Like I really care about each person Mm -hmm. and like, like, I, I just, I think that they just need, like a lot of times you need someone that just like cares about you and has like a plan for you, regardless of what your affordability is. Like, you know, I do have people that see me every week, but sometimes people can only afford to see me once every few months. And so we just pack it in, you know, yeah. like it's, but there are a lot of free resources. So I'm learning about them more and more, but I just like, did you want me to send you the one about the, um, the insurance covering the breast pump? Do you know that yeah, one? Yeah, for sure. Because I yeah. did that too. And I forgot about that because it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Been... Cause that could be like $300. So yeah, yeah. I, I, and I, I'll send you the website. Pumping yeah. is not my favorite activity. I think I've talked about it with some other people on the podcast too. It's um, great to have though, that we have that kind of technology and that yeah. insurance is recognizing the importance of mm-hmm. it for women, yeah. especially that are going back to work um, pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it just, so anyway, I'm super excited. Thank you for interviewing me. Yeah. Thank you so and much for being Hopefully, on. Hopefully it helps some people. Um, just with our talk so um well thank you thanks again thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode please share it with a friend and also don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you'll be notified of future episodes and if you feel so called please give us a rating and a review so other people can find the podcast more easily thanks again till next time